S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. It's that podcast, Samurai, and this podcast this week is a really important episode. I'm going to mark this episode as saying this is this is when everything changed, right? And I'm, I'm trying to think about how not to, how to not hype it up, but I really feel like, you know, like the canary in the coal mine, right? Paul Revere, one of those great people who then like alert you of things, right? <laughs> or birds, if you're a canary. Um, but this week is is something really special, and I almost felt like maybe I shouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Like maybe sometimes when you got an idea and you see something, you should keep it to yourself and just milk it for everything you got, right? But that's the problem. I, I do the podcast because I like art. I like business. I like seeing people succeed. I like seeing people, you know, become the best of whatever it is they can be. Something I always genuinely enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people, um, especially when I see that they have some kind of motivation or something that they're inspired by. That that energy also fuels me. It drives me too, right? And I, I feed off of other people who are also chasing their dreams and doing stuff. And that's why I like to keep the, the podcast in general. Besides like it being about whatever I'm going through, I like it being about art and business. So we're around like 30 average, like on average listeners on the podcast. So I realized like when I'm on the podcast, I'm talking to kind of like close friends, right? Even though I don't know who all the listeners are. If you're listening to the podcast at this stage, right, going into year two, I feel like that's pretty cool. Like it's a pretty cool thing that people are involved and it's growing slowly. And um, if you're here and you're listening to this, then yeah, I'm going to talk to you just like I would talk to my closest confidants, even though I don't know who everyone is. Um, and it's a smaller, you know, audience um, that's, I think, you know, here for whatever reasons. So why not? Why not share it with them, right? Um, and let them know what it is you're thinking about. And if you guys can find value in it, then that's cool, right? So a few things um, that I think happened this week. The most important thing that actually matters about this week in particular is it is, let me check the date here. Um, I, I never had like a computer with me I could do this stuff with. Hold on. I don't know the date. It's like April 8th, right? It's the beginning of April, first week of April, I think April 9th. Um, but this week is the week that Unreal 5 um, came out. And if you don't know what Unreal 5 is, Unreal 5 is like Microsoft Word. It's a tool you can use to make games. Um, it's a tool that you can use to make all kinds of games. And what people don't know about this in general, some of like the quick bullet points. It's free. Um, you can download it onto your PC or Mac. And... Um, you can use it to make video games, art, um, videos, all sorts of things, all sorts of functions, applications, virtual um, VR games, VR experiences, augmented reality experiences. These things can run on iPhones, on Androids, on the Nintendo Switch, on the PlayStation, on the computer, on different VR setups. For It's a free program that when you get into it, you can start making things um epic the company behind it they give away free assets so if you don't even know like what you would use they're every month they give away a bunch of free assets and then there's always sales where other creative people who sell through their marketplace are selling like characters and environments and stuff and really when it comes to you know pictures videos um you know any kind of visual storytelling you're doing for your business or your brand it, i really can't think of how like 
There's no limitations to how valuable that could be. It's like saying a camera. How important is the camera? The camera is extremely important, right? You obviously can get a bunch of different cameras. Um, and it's, it's at this point, when cameras come out, none of them are like really that big of a game changer, right? I, some people believe like the iPhone 13 is really a point where the iPhone is really trying to be a cinematic camera as much as possible. I don't know. It has some features in it. It does some things for you automatically. Uh, it's it's a good camera, but I mean, people also seem to think that the Galaxy 22 can like also do pretty decent video also. So how big of a leap it is, I'm not really sure. But Unreal 5 coming out this week, it came out on Tuesday, um, and coming out for free is a ginormous leap in that kind of technology. Uh, doing an art class for like drawing, one thing I learned in one of the art classes was one way people talk about art is talk about it as it's a language, right? So understanding that what lines do, straight lines, curved lines, what a circle can do, what a triangle can do, Understanding these, 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 the alphabet of drawing in a way um, is just a language that artists learn how to use, and then they communicate, you know, with that language by creating pictures. A lot of times, people feel like you have to have a talent for it, but it's like if you don't know a language from another, you know, another country, something like that. I guess you could have a talent for like your patience for learning it. Or how if it comes easier to you or not. It might, it might just be the teacher or the time in your life you're trying to learn it. But the artists generally believe that anyone can learn all of these languages. There's so many people even believe in the future that you know we'll have education and, and tools in place to help people know how to do everything. So people, like everyone will know how to make music and draw and do all these different things. Not um, necessarily that everyone will go along with it, but the mass majority of people will have access to those abilities and they won't think that they're like special in a sense where like we all can we expect each other to be able to read and write to some degree we might not all do it great but we expect you to at least be competent enough to do it that's what they're talking about is that everyone should be able to make a basic amount of music and a basic amount of art um, when they understand you know the universal languages and all the things that go on there Video game making seems like it's so impossible. It seems like it's nowhere near that, right? We can all fathom going to take some guitar lessons. We can go fathom going to take a drawing course sitting down. But it's even difficult for me, though, to try to fathom making a video game. What does that mean? What is that? Some, how do you do that, right? Where do you start? It must be something that's so big and impossible. Um, and with the Unreal Engine... And there's other game engines out there, but with the Unreal Engine, I think in particular, what they're really trying to do, um, and I feel like at this point, it's actually it's actually like a game over kind of thing, where they're really making it so they tr tr are training people how to use this engine through through playing video games. So if you play Fortnite, play some of the other games, you've already been learning how to do this. And I made a prediction last year on the podcast that they were training our children to make their video games for them in the future. And it was going to be like, it was like Netflix kind of service where like all the, like people go and play all these games made by kids. And, you know, like if you want to do a racing game, you would do it inside Fortnite and stuff like that. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I was half right on that. Where this new, this new engine came out, came with a free game. It's called like Lyra or something like that. It doesn't matter. It's just a basic generic game. 
And it's pretty much this the, the building blocks of Fortnite, but it doesn't look like Fortnite, which I think is really important for them. I think they wanted to look as you know close to a white blank page as possible. It's just like a you know, generic, like they're like robots in like a futuristic looking room with like a minimalist design and they can fight each other and they move. But all the important game mechanics are there. It's automatically can play online with other people. So when you go into it, you can rename it something and start making your game because the game is already made. Like you don't have to think of it as you're making a game. The game is completely made. It's functional. It has menus online, all these things. You would just go in and little by little, you and other people you're working with or even by yourself, start tweaking the things about the game to more your liking. And then over time, you can get it to be something that's completely yours. Think of it as like, you know, a bucket of Legos or um, a bunch of clay, right? If you if you think about that and you had a bucket of Legos with you, um, you, you imagine you can build something that would be uniquely yours over time. And this, the more time you put into it, the more Lego pieces you add, the more ideas you add to it, you would refine it into something that's much, much more different than that original bucket of Legos you're getting. Um, except in this situation, I guess, instead of them giving you just a bucket of Legos and that can be kind of overwhelming, they actually like built a whole thing worth looking at. Um, and then you could just go in and say, I actually, I want this over here. I want, I want to change this character. I want to change these colors of these Lego bricks. Um, you know, I want to add this and add that and take away this. So they rethought of how you would make video games. They completely rechanged how that works. And I think we're at a, we're at a YouTube phase here where now, you know, you are going to be sitting here, I think in five years hearing people talk more about, you know, whether or not they can, they have a game they're making or something like that. I think in 10 years, it's going to be too late. I think in 10 years, there'll be a lot of people who are very comfortable with this technology that are doing it. And then people are going to say, oh, I think I want to do it too. At that point, I think, you know, making a video game will be the equivalent of like shooting a short film or making a music video. Everyone can do it. So who cares? Um, and there'll be so many of them that are so similar, right? So a lot of these games will be, you know, adequate shooting games. So if you had an idea for a shooting game, I think in 10 years from now, it's going to be thousands of shooting games and they all play very similar. So, you know, why would, would someone want to play your game on top of that? Um, so I definitely think right now for the next one, two years, three years, definitely is a golden opportunity for people to get get out there and be one of the first people. You know, like when Minecraft came out, it was one of the first games that dealt with the concept in 3D of procedural generation in video games. There were some 2D games like Worms. Um, there's nothing called, I think, I think it's called like Dwarf Fortress is kind of what Minecraft is based off of, where it would procedurally generate like 2D pixels to make the game levels but no one had ever tried it in 3D. And that was what made Minecraft special. Regardless of how the graphics looked, it's just no one had tried to to really get it into that 3D space in, in a fun, interactive way. Um, and that little small idea is what took that older technology that people didn't really care about, that they didn't really see application for it, um, and made it into this weird sandbox game called Minecraft. Um, and the rest is history. you know. And one person made that with tools that were not very user-friendly and um, we all know what Minecraft is today I know people hear that kind of talk and they think like oh this is like you know a get rich quick scheme and oh yeah but that's just the exception not the rule you, you, you understand what, what I realized through all art when I see lots of people who can draw it's a, there's lots of people who have great great drawings 
There's lots of people who can make music, make very, very good music. They know how to play lots of instruments. But what people don't have is an idea. People don't have story. People don't have a reason to do any of these things. People can play music. They can draw pictures. They can do all these things. But why? Right? If you think you have a why, if you have a brand, if you have a product, if you have something you want to express, then you go towards one of these things. And these tools are breaking down those barriers between you feeling like you're not a practitioner and you don't know how to you know, do the thing. Um, if you have the idea, these there's so many tools. They have this amazing uh, free education center built right into the Unreal Engine, all these different kinds of videos. And, um, and it's all laid out from like, hey, you're a beginner. Start here, go this way. And I believe 100% in time is something that um, over time anyone can get into. So I know for me, I'm all in on it. I'm learning about it. Um, something I'm, I plan on my, my kids learning about it. My daughter is already on her own, was already getting into Fortnite Creative. And um, I got her a robot for some coding to teach her some basic concepts of coding, um, which leads into my other point about Google Assistant, which I'm going to get into. Some new things I discovered for Google Assistant that are free that everyone can be using right now to to um, help their business. And it's something that is definitely helping me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you guys should check out the Unreal you know, 5 launch um, from me. The thing with Unreal 5 is um, my computers don't run it. I can install it, but I haven't got them to run it yet. It just came out this week, so I don't know if it's just simple like um, it needs another update or something or if my machines just won't be able to run it. I have machines. Both of them are about five or six years old. So I can run Unreal 4, which is cool, and it has a lot of good features in it too. It doesn't have some of the like the, the you know the most easiest easiest you know brand new features, but it has a lot of other features, tons of videos. Unreal 4 is eight years old, so much you know content there, and then Unreal 5 starts off with a lot of videos showing you how to go from four to five. So I'm just gonna keep learning in four and kind of get used to that, and then transition over to five, probably maybe in a year or two try to invest in a bigger computer once I know I'm comfortable with the program um, before I try to put more money behind it. Um, but the the whole thing about it is still is just, I really believe that people should give it a chance, you know, look into it and see if you guys are out there and you're listening, and you're interested, there's probably something you could use um, inside this program or we'll reach out, we can talk about it. I'm, I'm, I find lots of great YouTubers, lots of um, good message boards and places where people are talking about this stuff and explaining it. And seeing a lot, a lot of new ideas. Not even just games. I see, like, in um, you know, playing VR recently, I'm really digging the concept of experiences. And these are things that you can sell for, like, $10, $15. And you don't have to make a million dollars off of these things. Um, I think they're definitely, in VR especially, since there's not a lot of stuff there, which I talked about recently on the other podcast, I think about a week ago. Um, if you could think of an interesting experience, if you can take some of the assets that are already made and you just add a little story to it or something and sell this thing for 5 or $10 based on how much time you want to put into it, I definitely think people would buy these things because there's not a lot of experiences on VR. And there's a lot of great assets on the, in the Unreal Store, basically, the um, you know on the Epic Store. So the people that are doing this, they're already going back and forth. But what I find, which I don't want to get, I guess, into too much, but I guess I have to mention it, is it's a bit of a class issue when it comes to this entry level, even for me, you know, I guess I, at this point I would consider myself, I guess, middle class. But I, I come from a very poor background um, and I'm just starting in life at, at age of like 36 to get to a point where I think I can feel comfortable of considering myself middle class. 
Um, but it's difficult still financially to be able to get, you know, $2,000 and invest it into a brand new computer or something with like a powerhouse kind of computer. And I think that a lot of people who are wealthy and educated and have access to, you know, all these toys and have the time to invest in these things are going to have an advantage. So YouTube, I don't know. I guess, I guess YouTube, you might even say that's kind of, it's always the case. Um, but I do feel a little bit of a sting here where I'm like, man, if I had some extra cash where I can blow it and then I had some more time, if I wasn't working all the time to try to keep things together, I feel like I could learn more about this stuff. Um, but, you know, if, if it's not for you, then I definitely think it's something to expose the, the children to, um, you know, giving them the concepts, letting them see what it is and then kind of keeping an eye on it at least to say, hey, you know, how can I help? How can I help Usher? Um, into the future using this in some kind of way there's even small ways like if you want to do like just your own little video content or something like that there's there's all these cool things you can do with just a subtle green screen and the unreal engine to kind of make your stuff stand out a little bit and um, i'll be having some examples of that hopefully in the next coming weeks maybe like next month or two um, some different tests and things like that. Simple things, just, you know, dealing with it. I'm not going to do, like, tutorials and stuff. I think I'll just maybe share what I'm doing and, you know, post some recaps or whatever's going on. The other thing I want to talk about, I guess, when I think of things that might help people, um, that was kind of helping me, I got to experiment it with today, is, you know, I have an Alexa, I have a Google Home, and I've never been that impressed. I've been somewhat disappointed with how slow I feel like the whole AI thing is coming along. I don't think that Google and Amazon are doing an amazing job at making a great AI. I feel like they're trying to make the best computer, like consumer product, excuse me, that can like get into everyone's home and like just be in everyone's house. I feel like they want to be like your TV remote. Like everyone should have a TV remote, right? I feel like that's kind of what they're going for. Now, can it do things? Yeah, it can do things. They all kind of can do the same thing. But I did not realize some of the features. I don't feel like they're at the forefront. I don't feel like they're really saying, hey, um, like help set me up. Or let me help you make me into what you need me to be into. There's not much of the psychology behind it. And I know um, I think, I think know Google Routines has the, the ability, because I found it today. I discovered, you know, buried in the menu, um, how Google routines can help me and things I can do with it. And I'm going to talk more about that and how you guys can use it. I know Alexa has skills, but I believe Alexa skills you have to do through the computer. And it, again, when I was looking at the Alexa skills, the interface seemed much more complicated. It didn't seem like um, something that was very easy for you to you sit down and do. The Google routines you can do from your phone. And it's very easy. It's very it makes much more sense of how you say, like, you know, at this time, I want you to do this. Or if I say this, I want you to do this. And it shows you these little blocks that you can just put in basically where you want them to go. And it makes sense of, you know, I'm talking to this AI, what I want this AI to do. There's very few templates, which that's kind of where I think the disappointment starts. Where, like, they have, like, a morning routine. It's just one. And you can go in there and edit it. But I think they throw a lot of it onto the average person to just do this. And I think that's why, as a product, it seems like it doesn't do much. But then once you sit down with it, if you sit down with your Google routines, you can you can make it do almost anything. Um, so I'll give you some examples. Like, what one thing I don't like, I don't feel like the AI 
is I don't feel like I should be using the AI. The AI should be using me. It should be interacting with me. If I have to do it myself, then what's the point of having an AI assistant, right? So I think about the organic experience that you would picture with an assistant. If you walk into an office, the assistant's supposed to assist you. They're supposed to talk to you, remind you of things, uh, interrupt you, bring bring suggestions, you know, assist. If you have to go to the assistant and then go constantly trying to get them to help you, I feel like that isn't a great assistant. And that's kind of what Google ships with. All of their routines... You have to ask them. So there's like a, a brief tutorial that shows you like, you could ask me like how, you know, the, your morning is. You could say like, good morning, Google. But if you do that, it launches into this very g- generic, annoying routine where it's like, today's weather is this. And on the news, it's this. And it's like, it's it's actually attached to like Google's default news service. You have to go into the settings to remove that. And like, if you want news, put something else in there. So I know for me, very unattractive feature. I was not interested in that. And then when I woke up the next day or any day, I didn't remember to say, good morning, Google. Like, I'm not insane, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not like that and enamored with this product yet um, to want to wake up and greet it the same way I greet my family. I, I sometimes see my family, I give them like a little head nod. Like, I'm not going to, I don't wake up every day, walk into my living room and say, good morning, Google. Like, it's insane that that's kind of the requirement. So all their triggers start that way, where you have to say something. However, what I found today was that you can set it up to do certain triggers at certain times, which isn't the best thing, but it's better. Um, Because what, what you can do is have like a routine can encompass lots of times, not just one. So I, I have one set up like for like me at like 9.15, it's supposed to start up and it's, it, it greets me. It says something nice, like you can type in what you want it to say. Um, and then it might do something to you. It could like play music for you. It could do a search for you. Um, what I would like to do is have it go through my my reminders for the day, check my calendar. Those things I do feel like are are, are, um, are good, but I don't need it to do the calendar or the uh, the the news. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in distracting myself with something else outside of what I need to do with my day. Um, and then you can set it up again for intervals. So the same routine. It's just one routine. But you can have many steps in it where it's like, okay, well, check back on me at 10.15. Say this this time. Remind me to, like, get up and stretch for a little bit. Remind me to go get a glass of water if I haven't already, that kind of thing. Um, and by by just those basic things there, it took the Google Assistant and made it something that I barely use in the house. Basically, I only use it to set, like, different alarms. So now it's turning into something a little more dynamic where I can develop that. I can I can have it run... With more steps, I can take away steps. I can go into that routine later and change it. And now I feel like I'm playing with it. I'm interacting with it more. And then later on in the day or throughout the week, whenever I program it to do it on certain days, it's interacting with me. And I did find like my, like today, my, my first experiment, like during the afternoon, I it said something. I forgot that I wrote for it to say it. And I thought that was cool. So you have, you, I don't think you can leave it like that. I think it would become something you get like, um, you get bored of it. If you leave it, if it's the same, the same thing every day, then who cares? And then it's like a robot. But if you take the time to sit down every once in a while and update it and refresh it or add more phrases or add other variables. Right now, I haven't seen if there's like a randomizer feature. I feel like that's what would make it really get developed into AI. If you have more like an if and or if when statement, I've seen it being like at this time, do this. But I don't see it being like, at this time, do this or sometimes do that. That 
that variable feature would really give it more life. And I think that's what you really picture AI being. You picture AI having lots of different ideas on how to interact with you. You know, um, I seen like, um, I think my friend Anthony was telling me that he has seen an AI feature where like when he gets to a certain area, when he's driving, the, the AI suggests like, Hey, do you want me like to give you like a map towards, you know, your, your job? You know, and it does like for your commute, basically. I did see in Google home, you can set up like your work commute. So in the morning it tries to usually show you like, Hey, this is what traffic's like. And that's good because I woke up and you know that around this time I'm going to work and you're trying to alert me about any changes to traffic. That's good. That's the AI interacting with me. You're trying to stop me when I'm getting my coffee or whatever or say, hey, hey, look, there's a there's an accident. Or if, you know, if it's five or ten minutes longer than usual, perhaps you need to start getting out this house. That's, that's helpful. I think that's what you would want AI to do. Uh, I just feel like right now it's very, it's very like subtle. I think they do this thing where they, they Google expects another person to come out and then make this program or really make a great skill for it. I know Amazon has the same thing where you get an Amazon. It says, like, you can download skills and people are making skills. But I don't I don't see a, a big, um, like, e-commerce space around that. I feel like there's not much, much incentive to make an Amazon skill because I don't think that Amazon owners are spending money on buying skills for their Alexa. I don't know if they if they even know, you know, if it's worth it. And I think you would have to really have put a lot of time and effort into an amazing skill that maybe somehow trended and everyone wanted to buy it. Um, but then if that doesn't work out, you put a lot of time and effort into a place where there might not really be a, a commerce section there. You might not really be able to sell that thing. And then what are you doing? You have this big, very specific skill for a, a Amazon I don't think that's necessarily transferable to Google Home. Google Home's interface is very different than the Amazon skill interface. So these are some of the problems I think that that's facing. But I, I personally, I've been really doubling down on all the Google products for my small business. So Google Workspace, I reopened that again. Um, that integrates perfectly into all the Google products. Even on my iPhone, I have the Google Assistant. I use Siri, but I also have Google Assistant on there. It's just, it, all the products are cheaper. I feel like they provide more functions. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm currently trying to use the iPhone's reminder system. I think it has some ideas. Like one idea I saw was when I'm leaving an area, I wanted it to remind me to like stop and go to the store. And it did remind me with just like a pop-up in my phone with all the other hundred notifications coming into my phone. And I'm like, I didn't see that. Like, why didn't you just yell out loud? Like, hey, don't forget to go to the store. That's what a, a human in the car would do. You're my phone. You can speak up and say that. Um, but it doesn't do that. So these are different things where I don't like, like, you know, people don't want to sit down and become like their own like computer programmers. But I'm like, yeah, if, if this is something that, um, you know, I have to develop more for myself, then maybe I'll share it. And I don't know if that's something that you can do with the Google Home routines um, or I'll just share more tips and tricks as I come across it and I, I customize it for myself. Cause that's why I realized is, you know, when you're working alone on a lot of these different things, a lot of times you just need a little reminder. You need something to just break up the monotony or if there's another thing coming to distract you, you need something to put you back on the proper thing. Um, before I get into the, the next thing, which I'm going to talk about with self-guided meditations, I came across self-guided meditations today and I did have some experience with them in the past, but I didn't realize that's what they were called. Um, I got to touch back on that and had some different insights on that, which I thought was very productive, very helpful for today. 
I wanted to touch on that after the commercial break. And then I'll get into some more more or less serious stuff. Um, Moon Knight, you know, what's going on in that show. Um, I finished Mary Kingstown. I like that a lot. Playing some new VR games and stuff. So I'll save more of that stuff. I'll do the, you know, self-guided meditation and then more entertainment and stuff like that on the second half of the podcast. We'll be right back from this small commercial break. And we're back with the second part of the podcast with Sammy. Thank you guys so much again for supporting the podcast. I really, you know, can't help but um, just really appreciate the fact that, you know, it's been over a year and all the time and effort watching it grow, watch people check in on, on it, you know, talk to me about it. It's really something that I think is really cool. And, um, you know, Gary V is my guy, Gary Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I think Gary V at this point, you probably can Google him, V-E-E. Uh, he's my guy. And, you know, he talks about, um, you know, it, t- it takes years to build social media, social like follow- followings and stuff. And I always heard stuff like that. But never was able to find the real way to go about it. And I love talking on the phone. I love talking to people. I love um, going through my thoughts and sharing them with people. So the podcast has been a great outlet for me to do that. I mentioned that, I think, on the commercial. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a fun thing to do. So seeing how that can organically grow into just, you know, a few people getting together, a few friends and stuff, you know, checking in on the podcast, talking about it sometimes. That's something I think is super cool. Again, I really appreciate you guys for that. So to give you the value, get back to what we're talking about, is talking about the the self-guided meditations. So I bought some apps back like literally like 10, 12 years ago um, on a very earlier version like of the Google Play Store. And it would they were kind of expensive apps too. And it was like something like this guy was like, he had like um some guy would like help you like deal with like weight loss. He's some guy would help you deal with like going to sleep or whatever. I, I bought a few of them and I thought they were pretty cool. I never ex- had anything like it because the app it was like an MP3, but the app had a few features that would make it like work the way you would want it to work. So like if you put it on your head, um, hit play, you can give yourself like 15 seconds. You can set a timer to like get comfortable, like get in the bed and put the phone down, right? Like little things like that made it made it have some functions that made it a really um, comfortable experience. And the guy basically copied the app for, like, every other experience. So he, made like, made one basic setup, and then he just he did his own recordings for all the other stuff that he wanted you to talk about or wanted to talk to you about. And um, he had a good voice, and he had, he had some good words he would say that kind of stuck out to you. I remember, like, um, one he had that I was talking to um, a friend about was um, he would, like, talk about the food. And one of the things he used to say, he had, he had this guy in your ear with like some soft music, and he's like, "You do not want that greasy food. You do not want that greasy, unhealthy food." And it's something about the way he said it; it like stuck into your ear. Like it, it, I felt like it did help me throughout the day. That if I came across some food that wasn't so healthy, I could hear him in my head being like, "Greasy food." I like, oh, I don't want that. Right? It kind of made me laugh to myself that I'm listening to this tape and whatever. And you know. And I realized just that that experience is just like a friend or someone talking about something and that being what's going on today. When you're doing a self-guided meditation or putting on a good song, putting on a motivational tape, what you're just trying to do is to bring that energy into that day. There isn't anything more magical than that, right? But that is so important. Yes, if you can remember to launch that app. Yes, if you can remember to sit down if you do like your own self-guided meditations, which I came across in videos 
they were basically making me realize, oh, that's what that guy was doing. He was helping me go through like a meditation, basically. But a self-guided meditation, apparently you do it yourself. And a bunch of celebrities like Matt Damon was like advocating about this and talking about how it changed his life. And someone had made a video with all these people, you know, talking about self-guided meditation. And the concept being that, you know, beginning of your day or at some point, whenever you can, try to take five or ten minutes to just say positive things to yourself um, don't say negative things. Don't say, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do this anymore. They're saying, like, that doesn't really work. You you would say, like, I want to do this or um, this is what I'm doing now. Like, some, like, the more positive thing, basically. And kind of focus on, you know, the things you want to hear and that's going to kind of encourage you. Learning how to say good things to yourself. And I thought about that. Like, a lot of the negative things that we tend to think about, we say to ourselves they're in our heads, right? Someone might have said something to you um, years ago, and then you're repeating these things to yourself. So you already are doing a self-guided meditation all day long. It's just it's just you're judging yourself, and you're you're remembering negative things, and you're you're, you're doing these things that are hindering to your energy. They make you sad sometimes, they make you dwell sometimes. So you're already doing it, right? So the idea of just saying, "Hey, how about I try to purposely say positive things to myself." that I would want someone to say to me if they were here, um, do that myself, right? You might think like, well, it doesn't really help, right? Because it's not myself. No, no, I'm finding that that's not the truth at all. (laughs) You can do it by yourself. um, And yeah, the more and more you do it, I think it does help. It does increase, right? It's not an overnight kind of magical switch. But I definitely think that you loosen up and have fun with it. That's what I'm trying to do about it. Even even if I can't sit down quietly and just do it by myself, if I'm busy or I'm working or something, I'll try to just take moments where I'm I'm relaxing my mind, trying to not think of anything in particular, and just repeating a powerful phrase, something I think that's positive, something I think that's good, um, and just kind of you know that encouraging thing that if I had someone walk into the room and say that encouraging thing to me, that I, I'm like that would feel better, you know. So just say it for yourself. You say that encouraging thing for yourself. And get into the habit of doing that. These are the things I'm I'm really big on, I think, in this year. You know, last few years, working more by myself and having to develop things more often by myself, I'm realizing that you got to become, like, your your best teammate, right? You have to become your manager. You're going to have to become your fitness person. You're going to have to become your everything. And um, it's, it's a difficult situation, I think, for some people to wrap their heads around. But, like, when you're looking at your situation... All the negative things, you're bringing them into the, the situation also, right? You're, you're doing that. Unless you have someone that's physically coming at you or verbally still attacking you. A lot of times we are we are holding ourselves back with things. So having to learn how to let that stuff go, but then not just like putting like trying to not think about negative things. I think I did that like for most like the last two years. Just trying to like like heal, right? But not, I wasn't building. I wasn't putting good in there i was just trying to like get over things and forgive things and let things go and not be put down by things and i don't think i put enough time into you know during those times also building up new things that make me happy new things that bring me joy saying new positive things and new inside jokes all by myself right and when i talk about it out loud i don't know i hear judgment in my head i feel like people like man you're you're kind of going crazy like you're like talking to yourself positively and being like your own best friend and like you know coaching yourself and and being your own manager and I'm like yeah yeah (laughs) but I think it's I think it's working out pretty well and maybe people who are highly effective always do these things and I'm just 
trying to learn and go through that and grow as a person. Um, I don't really know. I never actually spoke to anyone that's really gotten to that many details. One thing I will share is a concept you can Google that I, I did like, but never was able to really fully form it into um, a very powerful thing. Because again, it's it's not something that automatically happens. So someone has a concept you can Google called the Invisible Council. And I came across this a few years ago. And it was, it's, it's interesting, but like it didn't change my life or anything. It was just something that I kind of sometimes had some use of it. So I guess it's not a bad thing, right? But um, basically the idea was like, you know, you should have a council, like like your best friends or people that you would go to to talk to. But they should be like your favorite people or people you wish that you would meet. So, for example, like some people in my visible council was like Gary V. I think I have Arnold Schwarzenegger's on there, uh, Jackie Chan, um, and um, and Will Smith was on there. He's a person I'm think I would think about sometimes. And the reason these people exist there is because certain situations in my life, I would come across something and I would wonder, what would this person say? And these are people that I've heard them talk so much that I kind of have an idea of what they would say. So you have friends and stuff like that probably and family members that you've been around them so much that when you're doing something, you can kind of picture what they would say if they were there. So if it's if they are, are saying good things, they can be someone on your visible council. Um, and you can use anyone. You don't have to use celebrities. The one person I was listening to was talking about, in particular, like picking people that are working in a space you want to go to. So that's why a lot of my people are, are in the film industry because that's the kind of stuff that I would be thinking about and working on. And I could picture myself in a situation thinking like, well, what would Jackie, San, Jackie Chan say to me right now? If I was in this room and I was going through this situation trying to figure it out, how do I think he would react to it? Or how do I think Arnold would react to it? And then when it comes to social media and, and entrepreneurship, then I would think, well, how, how, what would Gary Vee say to me right now? Am I tripping? Am I, am, I, am I being crazy? Or do I think he would feel this? Or do I think he would tell me to shut up and just go do it, right? Um, that That's kind of the invisible council idea. And I have had moments in my life where I've sat down and have been able to think that way. And I guess those are all wins. But, um, you know, it would be great, like I always talk about, if if someone could interject the noise, right? Come into my brain when it's going crazy or someone look over at me and say, hey, you doing okay? Like that's such a, that's such an underappreciated concept. Like especially when you're trying to do something that's really big. For people just to look at you and just be like, Hey, you doing okay? You need anything? You need like a glass of water or something like that? That is such a big thing. That's a that's a day changer, right? You could be going throughout your day, fixing problems, putting out fires, yada, yada, yada. And if you just have one person being like, hey, how you doing? Uh, you have a good day? Something like that. Or, oh, how's that, how's that thing you're working on? That can completely change energy and take a day that might have been, you know, consumed by fixing things and actually might actually end up bringing it back to being a more of a productive day when not being a complete loss where you're just kind of like going through like repair basically but it's difficult it's difficult to always create those those moments with people because everyone has things that they're doing everyone has things that they're pursuing um so yeah i I, i'm always i'm all up for new ideas so i think you know trying to get into the habit which is always a difficult thing for me to keep a habit or trying to do some of the um like morning uh, meditations or anytime throughout the day to self-guided meditations and then for me more heavily I'm, I'm kind of looking like to invest in um you know the google routines and ai and seeing if i can program i'll share with you guys if i'm able to program some like good variables and stuff like that i had to look more into that to see if i could figure out a way to you know get variables and maybe i can actually share those somewhere 
Uh, or maybe they send something else beyond Google Home that will do it. But that's everything about that stuff. Let's move into more lighthearted parts of you know the the conversation. Um, well, I guess one to start off with, kind of a segue is be on the lookout for all these Lyra games, especially if you're a PC gamer. I think that's where you're going to see it the most. But yeah, people on, I guess, maybe even Android, actually. Android, probably the second place, um, are going to be making a bunch of knockoffs of the same game. So it's going to be like, you know, this one decent shooter, and then people are going to go in there, edit it, and then upload it to them, you know, themselves. And I imagine a ton of this stuff is going to start popping up in stores if you played one and then played the next one, it's going to be almost the same exact game. It just might look a little different or have a little gimmick to it. It's going to be really interesting to see if people make money in this this phase. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Like, I definitely could see someone downloading like a cowboy theme or something like that and then adding it to it and then selling some kind of thing on the Android store. And if they're the first ones through the door and you like cowboys, I wouldn't be surprised if a few people make a few thousand dollars. Um, you know, no, no one's going to probably be rich and famous off of this stuff, but I can see a lot of clones. I definitely can see a lot of probably like Fortnite clones, a lot of things that look like, uh, knockoffs of stuff. This stuff over the next year, I think will be popping up everywhere, which is probably going to be a, a good and bad thing. Like maybe a gem will come out of that, but hopefully, um, people just don't start writing them all off as like, uh, I think they're called, I think it's called Lyra, like Lyra clones, like this other Lyra clone or whatever. I can see youtubers and people who think they're smart like getting online and starting to like bash people for doing that and you know creating that kind of um uh, resistance towards the concept there's always going to be those two sides of anything right so yeah watch out for those things um on, on the gaming front i heard the new star wars lego game came out and it's all it's different now it's not like the classic lego formula it's a it's a third person game um, so the, the characters have more powers, more abilities. I think it's a, the, the grown-ups or the, the, the gamers grew up from Lego games, right? If you played them 10, 15 years ago, you're older now. And now Lego is starting to make a little bit older, a little more sophisticated games. The Star Wars game in particular, uh, which I never even played the Lego Star Wars. I'm more in Lego Marvel. Um, but I, don't even, I haven't played all those either. Because Lego, is it's... It's neat when you first get into it. It's so cool to see like a hundred Marvel characters, and they all have like a signature move. But then it's kind of generic. It's like, well, they're kind of all the same, and they just have like one different move. Well, the new one now, the um, the mechanics themselves, the fighting is, is more diverse. Combos and um and different kinds of ways you can shoot and fight in, in general for everyone. And then on top of that, the characters have multiple skills that they can use. And I think in the Star Wars game, there's like three hundred characters. It should be noted, obviously, in Star Wars, a lot of the powers are the same. So, like, some of those characters all probably shoot lightning out their hands or push you away, right? And so them have multiple powers. Some of them powers are shared by other characters. Um, but they also have things like nine hub worlds, like nine free open world spaces you can go to in space on top of the actual missions and levels that you can go through. A bunch of vehicles. It just seemed like they basically tried to copy some of the Star Wars N64 um, sections. Like there's like a, a snow speeder level. Um, so that was kind of a classic moment in gaming when N64 came out and they had a Star Wars game, uh, Shadows of the Empire. And it had a, like this really cool mission where you can fly a snow speeder and you could hook your wire around an AT-AT's legs and try to tie it up basically like how, how it happens in the movies. 
And it would work really well. It was a very amazing thing for N64 when that technology existed and you can move around in that kind of 3D space. It was a big deal then. And so they recreated that in Lego Star Wars and a few other like different um you know vehicle sections or space battles and stuff like that. It's a huge, huge, huge game. And um it seems like it actually has some meat to it. It's getting very high scores. There's also some comedy and stuff into it, so I don't think I have time for myself to give it a try because I'm still trying to play Elden Ring, still trying to play the new wrestling game. But um, yeah, if I had the time and I had the money, I definitely would go out and buy the new Lego game. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, Harry Potter, we, we had a big announcement. I don't want to get too excited about the new Harry Potter game. It's coming out, I think, at the end of this year, hopefully. Um, and it looks like it should be like everything a Harry Potter fan could possibly want. Um, but that's that's a large order, but they have been making it for a long time, and they've been very slow with you know talking about it and stuff. I think those are good signs. I think those are usually the signs we associate with companies that care about quality and putting out something good. So be on the lookout for that. Um, hopefully by the end of the year we'll have a decent Harry Potter game finally in our hands for anybody who's into it. I'm not even that big of a Harry Potter fan, but I love some of the stuff that you can interact with from Harry Potter. So some of the movies, they're I think they're pretty good. I don't read the books, but, um, like, I think, like, the wands are cool. Like, that's a cool idea to go to a store, and there's, like, 18 different kinds of wands, or you can have your own kind of custom wand. I think that's cool. Um, different, the different classes you can be in, the different schools or the houses, I think it's a cool concept. <laughs> People, like, start to think, like, oh, my personality means I'm kind of like this, or I'm kind of like that, basically. Um, I always, I always think that's a cool thing. And then the actual amusement park rides at Universal I got to go to last year, were phenomenal. Some of the best experiences I got to experience in my life um, with just the amount of detail and magical worlds they created. How could you not like it? You know what I mean? Even though I'm not a big fan of it per se, once I'm there seeing all the detail, it's an amazing place to be. So I think that's something really cool. Hopefully the Harry Potter game, you know, hits those marks and does that for for the fans. I'm definitely going to want to check it out. It's going to be in my house for sure because my, my, wife, my wife is crazy about Harry Potter. So we're definitely going to have to play that at some point. Hopefully it, it lives up to the, whatever hype that they kind of have going on for it. Um, other things that's going on this week. I talked about it on the podcast not too long ago, but I actually rewatched the ending of Mayor of Kingstown. I watched like watched like basically the second, from the middle of it to the end again. And I think such a good show. Such a, a, a great, um, I, I feel like superhero. I feel like it's, I kind of almost a different take on like Punisher, but it's not Punisher; it's its own thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like I haven't seen a TV show that um, kind of like breaks some rules. It it's not Breaking Bad level, and I don't want to compare it to Breaking Bad. I just think what I'm saying is that Breaking Bad was a really different show. Like it was, I feel like it broke the mold of what TV shows are supposed to have in it, right? And this show follows somebody who's kind of a good guy. But he definitely does bad things. So you think like, oh, he's an anti-hero. Not really. He's almost like a like if a guidance counselor could be an anti-hero. Like, like um, it's like they're kind of trying to help a situation that can't be helped. The whole show has this theme of hopelessness and how like you can't really win on any side of the fence, basically. And they still manage to put in all the things that modern shows should have. There's spectacle, there's action, there's sex, there's violence, there's cool things and stuff like that to come up with interesting bad guys. But overall, it ends up coming, it ends up being its own like little, like almost like a Marvel series show, except it's about 
a unique kind of character because he's not a straightforward good guy or straightforward bad guy. He has very interesting relationships. Uh, definitely dig it a lot. So very slow burn. The first five episodes, I have no issue. I don't want to go back and watch it again. But when that thing starts picking up, it's like a ball rolling down the hill. It just keeps increasing speed until it hits a dramatic crashing finale. Um, and it does not disappoint, I think, at the end. And um, and they do set up some some interesting problems for season two. And it's cool. And I, and I actually found out that it's not a real place. So I thought that was an interesting thing is that they're actually like telling the story and it's a really serious story. And if you don't Google it, you would think this is a real place or this might actually really have happened. And you find out they just invented a fake place in America and just invented fake problems that could happen in America. And they're, they're doing it real serious as if like this is going on. And since it's not like um, a big space invasion or some kind of sci-fi thing, it's like it's fiction. But I feel like you, if calling it fiction isn't enough, it needs to be called like like news fiction, like 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 reality fiction, like it's fiction where they're playing in our current reality and drastically altering things that don't exist and just acting like they do. Like I definitely can see people like coming into work and thinking things that happen on the show actually happen like in our judicial system. And then people being like, no, that's that's completely made up. It doesn't happen at all that way. And but they do it so seriously as if it's that's just what happens every day. Um, and they don't warn you or they, it doesn't take place in the future. It takes place like right now. So uh, it's really funny the way they get that off. But yeah, great, great show. Um, Moon Knight's going on, right? Marvel show. And I mean, it, it, what's, what's to say, I think at this point, when it comes to Marvel, like I think it's for me. It's hard to be impressed because they're always so good. So, like, Moon Knight's a good show. I feel like, like, who's not saying that? I feel like that's kind of the thing. But I did have a lot of fun watching it with my family because one thing Moon Knight does that's very unique is it's it slowly reveals things, but the character is so complex and funny, and I'm not I can't spoil anything. But basically, you get way more than I thought going in. When I go into it, I'm thinking. This is at best is going to be like Marvel's Batman, and they they shoot way past that goal. I think I think Moon Knight could definitely be looked at at some point, possibly as Marvel's Batman. He also could be looked at as like Marvel's Ghost Rider. He also could be looked at as like Marvel's Deadpool. He also could be looked at as like Marvel's, and and because his character has this unique characteristic to him, which I won't really get into a lot, but if you, hopefully everybody gets a chance to go watch it. I just think he ends up. The, you can do almost anything with him, which ends up having a character who first starts to seem like just a knockoff of Batman, and then you're like, oh, we can like go, we can go any kind of way with this character, and there's other villains and other elements that the story's bringing into the world that's here causing some debates online about what Marvel's saying about its grander universe, and it's always amazing to me that they're able to do that. They can have a small character in a small situation doing small things, and then really still you realize like. If they want to, this can actually gravely, drastically affect the rest of the universe. And it's hard to know which show is going to really matter or matter more. And I think that's a really cool thing. And why you, you know, for me as a Marvel fan, I want to always watch everything they do because you never know what's going to matter the most. Sometimes I thought, like, oh, the Eternals, when that comes out, that's going to matter a lot. Now I'm not sure. And then I'm watching Moon Knight. I'm like, well, maybe. Moon Knight's going to matter a lot. Maybe Eternals actually mattered more than I thought it mattered now that I'm seeing things in Moon Knight. And I don't know, because I think if you asked me a month ago, I'd have been like, yeah, actually, I think the most important show is Loki. Um, 
and I don't know. <laughs> I definitely just don't know. And Doctor Strange's um, you know, Multiverse of Madness is coming out in a month or two. And I might be singing a completely different tune after that comes out. Um, I actually realized I did not watch Marvel's What If. I didn't. I just really didn't want to see a cartoon show. And then now it seems that they're saying a lot of the characters in the cartoon might somehow actually show up in one way or the other in the Marvel movies. Which, at that point... Marvel can do anything they want. If they have cartoon characters somehow becoming humans or actors going into cartoons mid-movie and interacting in other cartoons, they can do anything at that point. There's, like, no rules anymore. Um, and that's going to be insane if that's how it happens. People are saying that um, that perhaps a cartoon, there'd be some kind of cartoon world that goes into Doctor Strange and then either he becomes a cartoon or the cartoon character becomes real. I don't know. And at this point, I'm like, you can do whatever you want, Marvel, because somehow they always figure it out way beyond whatever it is I'm able to think of. And I'm constantly impressed by what they're doing. Um, yeah, I think I think with that being said, that's pretty much all the things I think I wanted to cover this week. Um, oh, the last thing I mentioned, you know, and I know everyone doesn't have Oculus, um, you know, VR or whatever. But one thing I found out was that people deal with motion sickness from it. I found out uh, mainly females deal with it. And there's two different things that you can do about that. So some games you can you can do this like um, teleport feature, which really really stops the motion sickness thing. The motion sickness seems to come from the smooth walking. So I, on one side I thought, man, everyone's going to get Oculus VR, and that's going to be great. But this motion sickness thing is a serious problem for a lot of people. So I don't think my son can really play too long. My wife can't play. There's certain things that they can play, and they can play a lot. So, but those there's not actually that many of those games being made, and it's odd because like typically you just have to add this like little teleport feature, which um, is common in some of the bigger games like Skyrim and Fallout on the PlayStation VR. A lot of those games have the teleport feature where like instead of walking, you just kind of teleport. At first, I thought that was horrible; it wouldn't be fun, and it is great because when you're doing it. You're just so amazed by where you're standing that it's it's always good. So you're like you're like, oh, I can't swiftly walk around, not a big deal. And even me not dealing with motion sickness, still I can see that after a few hours of playing, it just doesn't feel that healthy to just have your head inside that thing. You know, you get it gets hot. You know, you, it's the weight is on your head. It's not the it's not the ideal thing to do for three or four hours. Um, at least not in this current state. I definitely think um, you can do it for three or four hours sometimes, but I wouldn't do that all the time. I think it's really good for experiences, like sitting down watching a movie, 60 minutes, 90 minutes max. That's good. Then get out of there, right? <laughs> I was playing this really fun game today called, um, it's called like Prison Boss VR. I think that's what it is. And it's such a cool idea. You basically are in your cell making illegal contraband for the prison. And this guard comes by to check on you and like see if you're sleeping or see if you're like you know making stuff or whatever because they'll confiscate it or whatever, and you have to figure out how to like trade and get money with the other inmates in the prison to build your like little enterprise, um, and then there's all these funny mechanics where like you actually feel like you are in a cell, moving papers around, uh, making cigarettes, making there's one like you like write a love letter. Um, and like you can sell that. Um, there's rope you can make, and then after you like beat the, the 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 game loop is after you beat like a certain level of it, 
they transfer you to another prison. And then just more items you can unlock. I think there's 80 items you can craft, something like that. Which is really funny and actually exciting when you get into it. Because it feels like you're picking these things up. Like, one subtle thing was, like, I had a piece of paper. You rip the paper in half, and you can use it to make cigarettes. But if I had two pieces of paper, and I picked up the bottom piece of paper, the top piece of paper felt like it was supposed to be on top of it. So I didn't realize I could pick up a stack of paper. At first, I was picking them up one at a time. Because I'm thinking, this is VR. You know, I, I got to pick up one and move it. And then I didn't realize that you can grab one object, and the other object on top of it would try to, like, realistically sit on top of it. Um, and interacting with these drawers and shelves that you can like customize your prison cell. You can get other furniture and bring it into the prison as you start making more money. Um, I'm like walking around, picking up stacks of money that I'm making, throwing it on top of my shelf somewhere, and it's bouncing around like I think it would, closing the, the door, walking away from my, my area, turning my living room into this little prison that I'm in. It's such a great experience, such a clever idea. I think it was like $15. Um amazing 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 so i'm playing elden ring on a ps4 or i was three weeks ago worth 60 bucks maybe one of the best games ever made uh elden ring is phenomenal the youtube videos alone are just insane i still watch them because i don't have time to play the game but um yeah that 15 vr experience right now that's what i'm looking forward to doing at the end of the day if i get a chance um and it's definitely a thing that says a lot for you know the the, the program and what it can do but that motion sickness thing is an issue. So I think that's a difficult thing. I feel bad for someone who went out and bought $300 you know, VR and go home and they see that like there's like seven games they probably want to really interact with because um, they don't have enough with the teleport feature. I think the $1,000 version, like the bigger one for the computer, has access to more games and then more obviously choices to have that teleport feature. But um, yeah, it's a shame that that's not really there yet for everybody. So I know, like, if if you're thinking of just the metaverse, they already have that, that you can bounce around. That's how you move by default in the metaverse. So I think that they're well aware that that needs to be the default way for the, um, you know, the social aspect of it. But for, I think, a lot of gamers, I think to sell games, they're thinking, like, you got to put in the whole, like, walk around feature, which, again, is cool for me. I'm fine with it. But I definitely think that, um, you know, hopefully game makers put more time and effort to having more games you get to sit down so you can play longer and then obviously the ones where um you know you you don't you don't have the motion sickness as being such a big issue hopefully you can see more of that but that's everything i had on my mind this week again thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast i hope to keep bringing you guys some interesting content don't want to get into what we're doing next but working on a few other things that are coming out with this week so stay Keep a lookout for YouTube. Keep a lookout for my social media platforms. And I'll let you guys know in the podcast when there's really things to come out to check out on those other channels, all right? But thank you guys so much, and take care. Peace.